0: You know it's got to be more than just administration if we're talking about it. This is episode number 776 of The Next Step, June 1st, 2023.
1: This is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries, welcoming you to a 15th season of the Next Step Podcast with Father Vazgen. With these podcasts, Father Vazgen provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian Orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties, based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith, the disenfranchised members of the church community, and of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to take the next step.
0: Wild times. (laughs) That was going to be the other, the alternative title. For today's show I don't know what we're going to end up with We won't do wild times But wow, wow All I could say is wow Just kind of like unbelievable What we've gone through this past week And I know many of you have been following that um, Playing out on social media And here and there Unfortunately That's the world we live in You know, and these things Go, go around And they, they get hit up, they get uh, tagged on social media, and people find uh, the necessity to, to comment. And rightly so, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinions and their comments. But I think that's where the starting point is for today's show. It's like you're entitled to a comment, but if it's a democracy, yes, you can discuss those things. But some systems, not just governments, some systems are not democracies, one of which happens to be the church. The church is set up as a hierarchy. It has from the time of Jesus. And uh, St. Paul makes it very, very clear that there are different functions within the church. And he uses the metaphor of the body. He says there's feet, There's arms, the foot cannot say, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an arm or I'm not an eye, not a tongue, whatever it is. Each of these parts are essential for the entire body. And so too in the church, we have the bishops who are the followers of the the apostles. We have the priests, the elders they're called, the priests. We have deacons who assist And each of them has their function, and the bishop, interestingly enough, is not... Well, the democracy in the Armenian church is that there is an election process. But once in place, they they are responsible for the priests and the deacons that serve under them. And so it was a very, very odd situation, which happened last week. When we learned that a deacon serving here in Southern California had uh, posted that he had been ordained a priest in Armenia by a by a defrocked bishop. Of course, he didn't say defrocked bishop. He said by this bishop. Well, yeah, it's not like he it was uh, recently defrocked. Some like over twenty years ago. This 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 guy was defrocked, and it was very public knowledge. And I don't know the exact details of where they did it. My guess is that in Armenia, there's so many churches that are just kind of like abandoned. They're there, and I'm sure that they walked into somebody in some church, and uh, this bishop did what is called, what this this deacon is calling, a uh, an ordination. And the sad part of it is that everybody knows that it's not. Everybody knows that. Uh, The man was defrocked. Everybody knows that you can't do that. And and here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting part, is that he ordained two priests. (laughs) One was this deacon as a married priest and the other one as a celibate priest, apera. Well, celibate priests are connected to monasteries. There, there's just no celibate priest you know, floating around. You, you don't ordain them to float around. They are, they are specifically ordained for, uh, for a brotherhood. So today in, in this situation we have, we have the brotherhood of Ichmiadzin, They could belong to that. They could belong to the brotherhood of Antilias or the brotherhood of St. James, uh, uh, Jerusalem. I'm not sure. I, I I'm not sure how the patriarchate of Istanbul works, but it is very possible that there's a brotherhood there too. But it's basically, it basically has to be connected. They're monastics. That's what the opera is. What most people generically call Vartabed is not correct. Opera is a celibate priest. Vartabed is a is a title that is given based on their knowledge they pass tests and uh, exams and accordingly they are granted the vartabedagan astijan the the rank of vartabed but anyway that's besides our point it's just interesting that this um, this guy went ahead and ordained two priests one is supposedly connected to a monastery uh, be kind of hard to believe that any monastery would take him. Um, Anyway, this priest comes here to the Southern California area. After, you know, the customary period is 40 days, 40 days after your ordination. It's a preparatory time, much like Jesus after he was baptized took 40 days of temptation in the wilderness. And, you know, I, I am so impressed with some of the young um, priests that I've met with over the past several years. One of the things that our archbishops has us doing as, as older priests is visiting the younger priests while they are going through their 40 days. And I am so impressed. I, I, I've i met with several of them through the years. And, you know, they're just bright They're alert. They're wanting to work for the church, to serve Christ through the church. It's so refreshing to see this sacrificial nature in them. And uh, so this this guy, I guess somebody decided that you don't need to do 40 days. I don't know if he did one day, two days, whatever he did. It was (laughs) the following Sunday. He is celebrating what he calls the divine liturgy. And he's got the full vestments and everything, you know. So to the naked eye, people look at him and they say, oh, there's a priest. To people who don't know the the uh, the structure of the church, yeah, he's a priest. You know, he's, he's up there and everything. Well, you can't have this. Here's some of the reasons why you can't have this. First of all, as much as we want to believe, like I said at the beginning, that it's a democracy. No, it isn't. It isn't. It is run by bishops, and this is very biblical. It is right in the Bible. Since day one, the apostolic church has run like this. There are bishops which literally mean overseers. And they are the ones who know the situation within their diocese and accordingly grant permission for priests and and other clergymen, deacons, to function within that diocese. For instance, I belong to the Western Diocese here in the United States. I can't go into any other diocese just because I'm a priest. I can't walk into another diocese, whether it's the Eastern diocese or Canadian diocese here in the United States or the diocese in Armenia, in Europe. I can't just walk in there and do a service. I have to notify the bishop there and it's up to the bishop to say yes or no. Now, Fortunately, we're all connected uh, through this network of etch Obviously, when, when we ask, just as our bishop over here, when uh, guest clergymen come, they come and they introduce themselves, they ask, and, and the, the bishop says, fine, you know, please function, or whatever the conditions are. You're, you're here for a wedding, please, our church is yours. Okay, come in, please do it. And it's a matter of jurisdiction, It's a matter of the house, right? Think about it in terms of your house. You own a house. You rent a house. Whatever it is, it's a sacred little area for you and your family, right? Now imagine just somebody else coming in and setting up shop. Coming in, sitting on your couch, taking off their shoes and watching TV. And uh, George Costanza excluded anyone else in this situation, you'd say, wait, what is going on? You'd like throw that person out, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing? (laughs) No permission, nothing. You're just going to come in here, take off your clothes and watch TV. No way. Right. Well, it's the same kind of thing. This is the church. It has a structure. It always has had a structure. And when people come in, they need to go by the by the the rules that have been set up. And this is called the canon laws of the church. The canon laws are those laws that have been put together through the centuries. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Most people in the West and the Western mind tells you that everything is democratic and therefore the church has to be open, open the doors, and everything's up for debate. And this is where we're seeing problems right now. Because what happened was that this priest came out, made a public appeal to people to come to his service, which he called the Divine Liturgy, to be celebrated on a Sunday. Here is a guy who is um, illegitimately ordained into something. I, I, do, I can't even say it because it doesn't even make sense. You can't be ordained if you're if there's no bishop there. So I hope you're understanding. I hope you're following. It's like, do you need a scorecard for this? Because it is really wild. I'm going to put a couple notes on the on the show notes so you can check out a little bit more of this story. But basically, this guy went to Armenia. He found a defrocked bishop. He got ordained in his mind at an Armenian church that was, I guess, abandoned or whatever. And uh, now he has returned and claiming to be a priest, and he is going to officiate over sacraments. And he did over sacraments last Sunday. Now, this is where it gets complicated. Because right now what we're seeing is that the bishop here in our diocese, rightly so, came out with a statement that said, no, this is unacceptable, unacceptable. This is not. This is not a real ordination, not a priest. The, the the priest, the bishop, the the man who had ordained him was a bishop over 20 years ago. He was defrocked. I mean, what are we talking about? I, I think maybe you could maybe push a little leniency if the guy was defrocked a day before and nobody knew, but everybody knew this guy was defrocked, right? Everybody knew knows he's not a bishop, but he claims to be. Now, his claim is based on his disagreement with his higher ups. Well, like I said, it is not a democracy. And you know what? The other me- I used a metaphor of the house. You wouldn't just go into somebody's house. But think about the military. Think about the armed forces. There are there is structure. There is structure. I have uh, a member of my family served, is retired, served in the uh, navy, and at a quite uh, respectable position of leadership. One day he was at our house, and the president of the United States was speaking in a, a press conference, and. I know personally, because I know my family member, was disagreeing with the president. And yet, I looked over at him and he was standing at attention. And he says, no matter what, he is the commander and chief of this United States military. And he has that respect, okay? You may disagree with the bishops, with the catholicos, and with the priests, but there is a structure. And... This is what you buy into. Now, if you don't want to accept that structure, the easiest way is, you know, tip your hat and go your way. There's thousands of different churches, but it's not the Armenian apostolic church. It's not the Orthodox communion. It's not apostolic. It doesn't trace its ancestry. Just because they speak Armenian doesn't make them an Armenian church. You see what I'm saying? It's like two different worlds. Uh, fine, you want the freedom of expression, freedom of religion. You want all this. That's great. That's an American concept. And you can have it. You are entitled to that. You are entitled to believe what you want. You are entitled to go to the church that you want. But if you want the Armenian church, there is a structure to it. There is holy etchmiadzin. There are dioceses. There are bishops, there are priests, and there are deacons. And to work within that structure, you need to be able to have a line of communication with those people. You just can't go outside of the the, the system, outside of the system, and then proclaim you are part of that system. You can proclaim whatever you want, but you're not a priest of the Armenian Church. Compounded to this, we have here in the United States um uh, easy laws to become a nonprofit what we call a 5013c and uh, churches are exempt from taxes here so it becomes easy for people to see the benefit of having a church uh, now you're putting it all together right so what do you need to create a church you need 25 people and you need to register with the government. I think, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember if it was 10 people or 25 people. And you need to register with the government. You go up to the, to the state capitol and you sign some forms, and you are now a church. But what do you believe? It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's the truth of it. It doesn't matter. That's, that's what it means here in the United States that you have that freedom of expression. Okay, so if you can get 25 people to agree on something or whatever that number is and get them to agree on it and say that they are the members, you could do whatever you want. But take a pencil, put it in front of you, light a candle in front of it, um, light some incense, bow down to it. You could say the pencil is God. This is what I worship. And I have 25 people who agree with me. Sounds bizarre, right? Well, it is. It is. But that is a consequence of the freedom, which has to be respected. You see, this is where we have our our problems. We don't allow both of these systems to work together. People want to say, well, we have the freedom. Okay, yes, you do. You do have the freedom even to go to this guy's church. No problem. Nobody's arguing that. But he can't claim that he is a member of the Armenian Church. Okay, that has to be really clear. You have every right to go and believe whatever you want to believe. Nobody can stop you from doing that. But you can't say that that's the Armenian Church. The apostolic succession has ended. When that bishop was defrocked, it's over. Okay, he doesn't have the right to extend that sacrament. We have seven sacraments in the church, one of which is holy orders, and that's reserved for the bishop. He doesn't have the right to extend that sacrament to anyone as an individual. He has nobody, he has no way of doing that. And so, sorry. Sorry, they've broken off the chain. They are not part of the Armenian church. This is not a judgment call. Some uh, somebody, I guess he's well intentioned. I don't know if he was well intentioned or anything. My my wife had written something, on on um, what he social media about this incident. Somebody, well, what about is that a judgment god? No, this is not about judgment. It's about definition. It's about definition. You see, the Nicene Creed, for instance, we believe in one God, we the Father Almighty. That's a definition, okay? The Nicene Creed. Outlines what a Christian is. In other words, you want to be called a Christian, you have to believe in these things. That's why Jehovah's Witnesses aren't Christian. Okay, they can't they they can't agree on the Creed of Nicaea, which all the Christian churches back then agreed on. So you go into the Catholic Church, you hear the Nicene Creed. You go into the Armenian Church, Greek Church. You go into the Episcopal Church. You go into many of the Protestant mainline Protestants. You hear the Creed. Okay, these are Christian. You have to be able to say that. And in the same way you want to be the Armenian church, you have to adhere to the canons that we have. Now, keep that thought in mind, okay, because the second portion of today's show, I'm going to talk to you about the real big, the major, major crime in all of this and why this is a bigger problem than anyone has ever spoken about, Okay. We take a break every week. We play a song of the day. This is what I've selected for today to give us a little bit of time to catch our breath, catch a cup of coffee, and hopefully digest some of what has been said. Enjoy
2: Garune siune luswaswa gotranen hachila o Durum kashwaf gnatsar arda gnatsaran spang. Imelinar mazerat hine duangineske ma tal. Lauk our Khurud Kav Knakhpur Jura Rari Bartsar Saren Mata Ghani Bansrik Saren madagerni ksimaren luso astargartele la vergat siduhaki hala shagvartivren hala bulbulide Ovi անուշ երկեց պարձավ, իմ էլինար մարակն է գավ, վերու that is Parik Nazarian doing
0: There is Parik Nazarian doing Elinar. That's off of an album called Cycle of Life. I want to say it came out about 20, maybe 25 years ago. I remember when it first came out. Wow. Couldn't get enough of that album. I mean, every song was hypnotic. It was spiritually alive. And I felt like I needed to play something off of Pottik's album today, especially when we're talking about order and chaos. And you understand that that. Look at the beauty of that voice. The simpleness of the voice and the beauty and the order that it brings to what we otherwise see as chaotic, right? When you hear that, all of a sudden things come into order. Music itself is an ordered system. When you think about a a symphony playing a, a concerto, for instance, right? And everyone's in sync with one another. And that's why they call it a concert. You know, it's in concert with with one another. And and so, too, I think Parikh does a beautiful job on this album. I'll put a link on today's show notes. I don't know if the album is still available. But whatever I can find, I'll make sure that there's a link on today's show notes. Parikh Nazari, I'm doing Elinad as we are discussing about bringing order from the chaos. The chaos that's around us and sometimes chaos that we've created I hope you enjoyed it look for the show notes well welcome back second portion now the first portion I shared with you about a story an incident that's taking place and it's playing out right now in real life here in the Western diocese we've got somebody who's come saying that he's a priest when he's not he was uh, there was some service that he went through from some man who was not authorized to to uh, ordain him And now he's saying, I'm an ordained priest. And I went through all of the mechanical stuff like, yes, we understand here in America, you can say anything you want. And that is true. You know, that is your truth. And the Constitution guarantees that get a few people together, you can have a church. That proclaims that. I remember back in the 1990s, there was a talk show host in, in San Francisco on KGO radio. He was the Sunday morning fair. you would listen to him and he created the Church of the Holy Donut. Yes, a pun, but the Holy Donut. And they would get together and they'd dunk and they'd have a holy donut, right? It's, it's got a hole in it, but it's uh, also holy, Anyway, the point is that, you know, the, the law gives you that flexibility. Now, does that make it the church of Christ? Does it make it the church that Jesus Christ established, which we call the apostolic church? No, it doesn't. And uh, the, the truth of that is because of the doctrines, because of the canons that we have, because of the rules and regulation. Otherwise, if you didn't have those rules and regulation, you've had chaos. And that's what you've got. That's what you've got right now, the chaos that is ensuing, because here's somebody proclaiming something that he's not. Now, up until this point, I think if somebody looked at all of this, and I'm sure many people have, will look at it and say just, oh, man, I am glad that I am not part of that church. Wow, rules, regulations. What is all of this? Uh, We're not in the military. This is a loving Jesus uh, says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. What is going on over here? (laughs) And uh, naively, people will look at this situation and will say, well, I'm glad I'm not part of that. And again, you're free to say that. But let me do a little bit of apologetic work right now by talking to you and sharing with you what the real problem in all of this is. And people uh, have not brought this up this is now going on almost a week. By the time you get this podcast, it'll almost be a week that this uh, th- this abnormal situation has been brewing, mostly on social media, but of course there's a physical manifestation to it at where this person is serving. But there is a, a key element that nobody's bringing up. Up until this point, you could argue and you'd say, this is just an administrative problem. This is just administrative. I'm glad I'm not in part of that church. Okay, that's fine. But the one point that people are not bringing up is, what is this man giving out? Now he's claiming he's celebrating the divine liturgy. The product of the divine liturgy is the body and blood of Christ. Holy Communion now there's a process there's a process for delivering Holy Communion it involves the prayers of a priest of deacons the chants the hymns the prayers of the faithful and we believe in the Armenian Church which I have a right to say as a member of the Armenian Church this is what we believe that that bread and wine is transformed into the body and blood and that's how we receive it the body and blood of our lord and savior jesus christ and we invoke the holy spirit to transform it now you've got somebody else who's standing there and saying i am a priest although i haven't received the ordination i haven't had my, uh, i haven't received that consecration and now i am going to be providing holy communion so here's the big problem what are people receiving what are people receiving and what who is going to take the blame for that think about that for a moment right the body and blood of jesus christ is being distributed and that's what that's the faith with which people are taking it and yet that's not what's there That's not what's there. I'd hate to be on the uh, other end of that. Can you imagine? I'm going there to receive Holy Communion. You don't know what's going to happen. Always be prepared. Receive that Holy Communion. You're going there and here's somebody giving you bread and wine. Telling you, well, I I, for one would say, what? (laughs) I'm sorry. This doesn't even make sense. But you understand the moral dilemma that we're getting into now. First, you have a bishop who is defrocked, and then he's ordaining. He's he's celebrating one of the sacraments, holy orders. You've got a deacon who's, who's pretending to be a priest, claiming to be a priest, and he is distributing bread and wine and saying that it is the blessed sacrament. And All of these are sacraments. So what happens tomorrow when someone wants their child baptized? What happens when someone wants to get married and they say, I want to get married at the Armenian church down the street. Okay, fine. Are you baptized in a church? Yes, I'm baptized at this XYZ place. I'm sorry, (laughs) that's not a baptism. Well, he told me he was a priest. No, Sorry, he wasn't. Do you see what's going on? It's like at some point people are going to realize that this is just leads to more and more chaos. This is why you need the orders. This is why you need the regimen, the discipline. People in the West, particularly in the United States, where everything comes very easy, we try to simplify things. We don't want to go through the extra steps. We we make it very easy. I mean, we do this for everything. We do it for death even. When somebody dies, look at how we do from the morning. We just quickly pass over, you know, like let's clean it up, and the same way with Christianity, it's very easy you know, you just say, uh, Jesus loves me, and and you're in you know, yes, it, we believe that too, Jesus loves you, but that's not all there is in the world this idea that people come and claim, uh, we, I go to a Bible-based church, I love these people they go, well, I went to a Bible study okay, good, you went to a Bible study, and what did you study? well, this guy has read the Bible, and uh, Now, I want you to just ask yourself. Ask yourself a very simple question. If you drive, this will make sense to you. If you don't drive, pick out another example, okay? I'll give you an example that everybody... If you drive, I was going to say that imagine you have a car that needs brakes. And you go up to somebody and you say, Would you fix my brakes for me? Because I saw a sign in front of your house that says brake repair. And he says, of course, I'll repair them for you. And then something inside of you says, something's fishy here. And I'll say, how many brakes have you repaired? Well, I haven't repaired any. He says, I've read a magazine article about brake repair. I think I could do it. Are you going to trust your brakes to that? How about going into a dentist's office and you've got this horrible toothache and some guy just walks in and he says, oh, I'll take care of that you say well well, i don't see your degree on the wall oh no nobody needs a degree he says i've got the tools i've got these pliers and i could pull that tooth it's not a problem it's just you need muscle that's all you really need and i'll get that tooth out of there are you going to trust that guy how about the plumbing in your house oh yeah 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 everybody could fix plumbing right Until the main sewer system backs up and you've got just all kinds of garbage coming up and down the streets and everything. And you're going to say, well, wait a minute. That guy told me that he was a plumber. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way in in life. And it doesn't work like that in the church. The church has its structure. It has its order. It has its discipline. And sometimes you argue and the the arguments are healthy, but you do it within the context of the church. Those of you who have been listening to this podcast for years or know about my work, one of the big, big, big um, accomplishments that we had in our life was back from 1990 to 1995. We published a publication. And is Daryl Black doing? I am a Christian. I'll make sure I put a link on today's um, show. Obviously, yeah, you're today, a Christian. But it, it did you hear five what he year. had to say? That was and at our, the end. I we thank God that I'm uh, black and trusted okay, So to he's an analytical. Like, he's, view he's got the it down right church for five years. He says I'm a we Christian. Put this newspaper and I happen to be black and. You but know, that was identifier critical. is not going to identify what many Christian things man. within the church, and this but is you a difficult one, especially church, especially within, within the ethnic, ethnic church. churches, and it's not without that we've had and we to deal a with concerted effort, and especially as clergymen our being because um, within the church educated now you in the have West. an opportunity to, to talk. Because now we've got issues ideas. with uh, what Martin is Luther, Luther who, had, a role? who went against the Roman when Catholic Church. When you think about church many of the Armenian churches, and all the ethnic churches, what? including He's the Greek, the and everything. These and become so centers the for I mean, we don't cultural need activities well. Protestant well. movement. The churches become centers where Armenians identify themselves as Armenian through the church, vis-a-vis the church. And this you'll find more in the rural areas as opposed to, say, like where I'm at in the Los Angeles area. But it's not that prevalent it's today. In the same it was way that that many, many years today. ago, many years when ago people when people just go up, outside of there the weren't, there weren't too there many places where you could express your arminian To be a part It of was the in the church the chaos. But as more and we more organizations order, came around, the schools and this is populated, true. But you go to the rural things, areas right church, church, now. This uh, uh, Sunday, Saturday, systems Sunday, I'm going to be in the area within them, physics itself, in right? Vicelia. Look at what gravity is, about. gravity is. The church is identity order of the people. Kind of, right? This is why and, the moon is not a, just a, flying a nice and group jumping of people around. That you meet over there, you you meet them. It's in a certain and they will identify themselves around the earth.
1: Yeah the people church. say it's
0: going to get closer people Who say it's they going are, to get farther. as, far yeah. as they are the Armenian Christian. there's a That's definite it. order so sometimes you know when we that, talk about I mean, it, these it, questions there's such an order that we issue. know exactly what be. time i remember a few years the ago when rises, i was speaking is, up in Vancouver. the moon this rises is, the moon does that really one that i never understood not only the given year but it's going to be the guest speaker for a generation and, and they there were just you people the from all over, and so, uh, and so I was being interviewed by different people. By that's the how, that. by the that's how, how predictable. Local newspaper, by local media. Predictable. Why? Because and there's an Armenian. There's an, order. an uh, order and a system to the uh, broadcaster. The, the same call. Way. Way. I've just gotten in that. It's not, not cool a democracy. It. And she got on the Get phone that and out of she said, mind, "Oh, we're happy not to about like you, you can believe whatever you want. Um, you we'd love to say have whatever you, on you want. The show. No, you can't." I said, "Okay, thank you." But and that's what says, we buy into. have a question into. to ask you: Are you a you want to call it Armenian whatever you Christian? Can. It's not. Or are you a political a system? Armenian. It's a system. And uh, I, you know this was akin to like how many uh, and <laughs> how many angels are stood on the top of a pin the, and the, of the head Spirit. of a pin. It's like what like anyway? What are we talking I, about I now? you really, really pray care for about these this? People. But I pray I pray it was very important they are to her. her. And I forgot I how will I answered. I must have said I'm an army. But I must have said I was a Christian Armenian. I don't and remember it's a bigger tragedy guards the people. So whatever answer I gave, I guess it was the wrong answer. They never called me back from this priest. So it was kind I'm of interesting. In I'm in Vancouver that, this Armenian priest and, we're uh, talking again, about genocide. And every and all, all the media yeah, about dead, what people interviewed believe. me. You want to believe that a pencil is God? You want to believe a pencil is your head? You know that that's your business. But there is a truth that we adhere to and has been proven for the last 2,000 years. And that's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ established his church, which he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All right, here's Susie. I'll be back in a couple moments to give some parting shots.
1: Before getting back to The Next Step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The Next Step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vosgen.
0: Thank you, Susie, for that announcement. And thank you, all of you, for the wonderful notes, prayers, and support that you send our way. The next step is part of the apostle.net. We're doing all kinds of work, including daily, daily shows. And I hope you're following them because we have daily messages that come up under the title Armadoxy for Today. And if you don't follow them, it's very easy to do it. You could go to your favorite podcatcher where you receive Next Step, or you can go right on the Mothership epostle, That's Apostle with an E, Apostolic Evangelism for an Electronic and Expanding Universe. So go there and you'll find daily messages Up until this last Sunday, which was Pentecost, we've been doing Giragi some of Sunday, where we've been having a small little prayer in the evening. Sunday evening on in California time, of course, translates to a different world. And this was kind of like initiated by some young people within the schools. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a break right now, kind of respect the school calendar, and we will be back in September with the Gilagi program, okay? That's a special program. And if you haven't seen them, we'll, we'll make sure you go to the website. You should be able to catch some of the previous episodes. Well, that about does it for today. I want to in- invite you again at possible where you see what we're doing along the way, including a trip to Armenia, which we, we're going to be embarking on with my dear friend Gregory Belarian. We're going to be doing a lot of footage to start building the 360 site and immersive technology Web 3.0. There's a lot, a lot of good stuff coming up. So I can't wait to share that with you when I get back. And maybe we might even be able to do some sharing from. Armenia. Um, I know that we have the technology to do that, and Susie's up for it. We're going to be celebrating our 16th anniversary coming up June 18th, and we're planning on doing something from Armenia, although I can't tell you what, because I'm not really sure what <laughs> what connections we're going to have, but we will we will make every effort to do it, okay? That's on the 18th of this month. June 18th happens to be our anniversary and uh, Susie's now correcting me, send a uh, note from the control room saying that no, it's our 15th anniversary and we start our 16th year. Uh, I know, I know. It's one of those things like how old is the kid? Well, they do that in Armenia, by the way, like during the zero year, they're in their first year. So because year zero isn't counted. Who is, who is it? I think the Chinese or there's some kind of tribe or somebody that counts off uh, from nine months, right? Gestation period is nine months. So when you're born, you're nine months old. So three months later, you celebrate your first birthday. I forgot who does it, but somebody does it. For us, it's already complicated enough. On June eighteenth, 2023, do the math. We started in 2008. It will be our 15th anniversary, and we will be starting our 16th year. And I hope you'll join us for that very special celebration, which we might be able to do from Armenia. But no matter what, we will be having regular programming. Best way, stay in touch with epostle.net. And also, I'd love to find out where do you get your, your next step? Where do you get your podcast from? Okay? We... We've invested quite a bit in social media. You can see us on, uh, on on Instagram, on Facebook. Please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line at feedback at epostle.net. Apostolic evangelism for an expanding universe. That does it for today. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as we enjoyed producing it for you. On behalf of my producer, Susie, and myself, this is Father Voskin, inviting you to join us again next week when we will take step.
2: Stand by for disclaimer.
1: And now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskulledness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and projection through take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. Evpostel.net, apostolic evangelism for an electronic and expanding universe. I forgot to ask you if uh, you you're seeing
0: the same sky as we are. Uh, bye.